rotten motherfucker. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Most of the Homeless Podcast. I'm your host, Damn It Damien. All right, buddies. Boy, do I have a treat for you today. Because today we're sitting down with the white buffalo himself, Mr. Jake Smith. Now, Jake Smith, of course, is a singer-songwriter based out of, based out of the Los Angeles area. Uh, I first came in contact with him when I was booking shows at the Triple Nickel Tavern in Colorado Springs. We're going to talk all about that story here in a minute. I've been a casual follower of his work ever since. In preparation for this interview, I jumped deep down that rabbit hole, and holy crap have I fallen in love with this guy's stuff. It's dark, deep, brooding, great songwriting, great storytelling, and the man himself, um, he's a bigger man. hes I'd say he's probably about 6'4", um, but even in that he's even bigger like his personality is like it's both small and larger than life at the same time it's very hard to explain and hopefully you can get some sense of that in the interview today um he just comes off as very you know deep and dark but also warm and welcoming and i was just really thrilled to sit down and talk to this guy um i'd never met him before so it's always interesting to sit down and talk to somebody you hadn't met before and i should also um let you know i had had a couple beers on the chuck reagan tour tour bus before doing this interview and before interviewing chuck reagan for last week's episode i'd had a couple beers before that so by the end of, and i hadn't eaten dinner so by the time uh around towards the end of this interview you're starting to slur my words so my apologies but uh i think things came out really well uh the whole time doing this interview i was second guessing myself every which away as i will do when i've been day drinking but uh sitting back and listening to it today holy crap does jake smith deliver the goods and i was really really impressed with the chat and i hate everything i do and i actually really enjoyed today's episode just sitting back and listening to it through uh through fresh ears and um i i, I gotta apologize for rambling right now i've been drinking just black coffee all day i haven't eaten lunch yet <laughs> I can't even get my words straight, um, but I'd like to thank our sponsors at DeathWishCoffee.com um, for helping me see through time and space. Um, they have the highest caffeinated dark coffee in the world, and I drink a pot of this stuff a day, and it helps me see through time and space and ramble like a fool on my internet radio show. So thank you, Deathwish Coffee. Please visit DeathWishCoffee.com. Tell them that Mostly Harmless Podcast sent you, and uh, maybe they'll uh, keep uh, supporting the show. Uh, again, please visit MostlyHarmlessPodcast.com. Like us on Facebook. Add us on, uh, like us on Facebook. Subscribe on iTunes. And uh, shoot me a little email here or there. Tell me what you think of the show. I can't promise I'm going to write you back, but hey, whatever. And uh, we got some uh, beer koozies coming in that I'm going to try to start hawking here on the show pretty soon. They should be here next week sometime. Uh, but yeah, th- man, what the, what a, wah. I'm just going to quit rambling, and we're just going to go sit down, and we're going to talk to Jake at the basement of the Gothic Theater in Denver, Colorado. And Jake, man, what a hell of a guy. And again, because this is in the green room at the Gothic Theater, there's going to be a lot of in and outs. There's going to be a lot of background noise. I fidgeted in like a fool while doing the whole interview. Um, beyond those those few little minor details, I think this is an incredible interview. I was very lucky to have done it. Thanks to Ray Roland uh, for helping set this up. And thanks again to Jake Smith for hanging out and talking to me. Uh, the White Buffalo is out on tour right now with Chuck Reagan. He's actually only going to be on the tour uh, until April 24th. And then he's going to jump back on it uh, at the beginning of May. Uh, for the last uh, four or five shows in Texas and Arizona and California. So uh, go check him out. Go tell him you heard about him on the Most of the Homes podcast, buddies. And uh, so we're going to – I had a hard time choosing the opening song for this episode. There's just so many great songs on the new record, Shadows, Grays, and Evil Ways. Uh, I wanted to open the up with a little bit more mellower, a little darker 
theme tune. Uh, and we'll close it out with a little bit more upbeat, darker theme tune. Uh, but I, it, this one really just grabbed me, and I think I hope that'll grab you as well. It's called The Whistler. It is out now on the album Shadows, Grays, and Evil Ways. This is The White Buffalo and Jake Smith. This time is different It's not like the times before I cross my heart That I won't kill no more Jesus watch over me I keep my anger at home Better bless these wicked hands Cause they got a mind of their own Hanging out with Jake. Jake Smith. Is that your last name? Yeah, Jake Smith. Jake Smith, yeah. a.k.a. The White Buffalo. Gotcha. You're on tour with Chuck Reagan. We're downstairs at the Gothic Theater. Thanks for sitting down and chatting with me. Again, I'm sorry for uh, uh, leaving you waiting. Hopefully you weren't waiting too long for me. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, right. Uh, how's the... Uh, how's life? How's the tour? 
It's good. The tour's been going great, yeah. We've been, uh, it's been great to get out with Chuck and, um, you know, get in front of new people, and it's been, they've been raging every night. Really good. Uh, you have a long uh, history with Colorado. You've come through here several times. Yeah, quite a you, few. Even one of the breweries here made a beer. Named That's right. Absolutely. Oscar um, Blues. Yeah, which is one of my favorite breweries. Yeah. Um, Might they get a little sample tonight. Oh, nice. Possibly. Did they make a... What's going on over so there? Can tell me. Somebody's phone's ringing. Tommy's uh, phone, he never silences it. It's okay, we can... <laughs> we just answer it for him and talk. Um, so... So I kind of, I, I don't know if it's an apology or, uh, or not, but I used to run a venue in Colorado Springs called the Triple Nickel. You never played there, but your booking agent um, tried to set up a show. I think I lowballed it way too much, right. but it was what introduced me to you was that thing. I, and, and no offense, it, this is probably five years ago. I hadn't heard of you. I was like, yeah, here's my offer. And then they laughed at me and said, yeah, that's nowhere near enough. And I'm like, I never heard of the guy. That's surprising that, five years ago. I, maybe three to four. I don't right, know. It's, right. it's been it's been a few. Yeah. They lapped in my face, and um, it didn't happen. You didn't end up playing. It was in Colorado Springs. You didn't. I don't think you've ever played there. I don't think I have. Um, which is unfortunate because I think you would do killer there. But that's what introduced me to you and your music. And I apologize for uh, lowballing you because over the course of the years, I've been like, fuck, I should have. Uh, should have offered a little bit more money. Up. That's all right. Apology accepted. But but I'm not a very. I was never a very good booking agent. I always either offered too little or too much, and I'd either lose my ass or lose shows. So, right. um, but that that's when I started following you. And again, you do fairly well in Colorado. Yeah. How long have you been coming through here? Um, you know, I've probably done some opening stints. Uh, you know, six or seven years ago, but you know, coming in on our own, doing our own headlining shows, yeah. we've been coming. Um, you know, starting. We play it all over, but um, yeah, maybe four years, five years, probably about that same time. And and, um, how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? 39. 39. Yeah. Hey, John. Hey, guys. That's good. Come on. You're all right. We're just having having a little chit chat. silent. That's a lesson you should learn, Tommy. Oh, Oh. (laughs) yeah. I tried to teach you that one. See, now you learned it. (laughs) See how you learned that? Teach me. Oh, you're showing me an example of what not to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Very nice. It's okay. I uh, I interviewed Chuck Ray. Tommy plays bass. Tom. Hi. Tommy. Chardonnay. Tom or Tommy? Uh, Tommy. Tommy. Pleasure. Lotions Eleven. Yeah, his new his new nickname is Lotions. Working Lotions that Eleven. Into the working that into the set now. All right, man. I want to go there, but I, 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 I'm only 32, so you're not that much older than me. Yeah. A little bit. Uh, I've noticed the gray is coming in in my hair very slowly, and you yourself are sure. coming quite the silver fox. Right, I don't know about that, but yeah. fox. Yeah, it's getting foxy. Foxy, foxy, foxy man. Foxy lady. <laughs> so um, I, I feel embarrassed. In my research, I I like to do origin stories. I like to talk to people about how they got started and whatnot. I was uh, watching an interview you did today with a 13-year-old, and he asked all my questions. <laughs> really? And I'm like, shit, that's my, those are my go-to starting and lead into everything. So hopefully you don't mind answering them. You're going to ask me if, my, uh, if I come from a long line of blacksmiths? No, no, no. But, but that was a nice question, that and was. you were like, no, I've never heard that before. So, right. um, but one of the things I do like to know is, like, what was your first musical memory? Do you have... Like, um, a, I used to go to country music concerts with my parents when I was young. That was kind yeah. of our... 
we kind of they were kind of camping camper family and uh you know we go see country music concerts so we go see i mean i've seen i i don't remember what the first one was but we you know we've seen george jones tammy Wynette. we saw you know even up to the point you know about that time it was kind of country was con mm-hmm. uh starting to kind of make the switch a little bit but there was still great stuff you know but I mean we, I saw Alan Jackson Clint Black uh, and this is like from like four or five and six years old uh, yeah maybe a little bit later yeah. but yeah we started going yeah when I was uh, probably seven, eight, nine, something like yeah. that yeah were, were, were you raised religious at all were your no. parents church here no. folk? okay and that's not at all it's interesting a, lo- a lot of people you know um, yeah, went to the church and no, yeah, no, no, um, no, no, but you grew church. up in the Pacific Northwest. No, I actually was born in Oregon, oh. born in Eugene, raised in um, Southern California, Huntington Beach. Yeah, I feel like an ass. That's all right. So, so you're in uh, California. You're going to see country music shows. What was the household like growing up? It was good, loving, good? yeah, loving household. Really good, good parents, good, uh, good morals. You know, even without Jesus, we still had a, <laughs> right. still had their shit together. Uh, there, there was a meme going around, an internet meme today going around that I reposted of uh, True, True Detective from HBO, and it's uh, like if, if you're believing in it, if you're being a good person because of divine reward, you're an asshole anyway, something along those lines. But uh, <laughs> I, I didn't really have religion in my home growing up, and I still feel like I was raised very well and good growing up. Um, you played baseball growing up, though. I did. Like that was going to be your thing. Yeah, I went to college. I went on a scholarship to college and. Um, at that point, I kind of not lost my the dream of playing professional baseball. That was it was kind of a means to an end of, of going to college. But um, yeah, when I was younger, totally that was my wanted to be a shortstop. How did you get into the baseball? How did I get into it? Yeah, how did you get into it? Just played when I was little. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, just like little kids do. Yeah, you know, played some soccer and then played. Uh, you know, always wanted to play baseball and just that's what I did. Uh, I take it. Do you ever play anymore, like softball? Or no, some wiffle ball every fucking couple years, maybe. You know. So how, how does one go from playing baseball? Like that's, I can imagine at one point that was your whole life, your whole existence, because you went to college for it. Um, I grew up with some guys who that was their whole life, and they went to college for it, and they didn't make it to the pros, and they were like, now what? Uh, how did you pick up your first guitar? How did you become a guitar player? Um. I got my first guitar late. I mean, I was 19, 20 years old. Heard a friend of mine, his dad would sit around and play. Um, you know, we'd sit around and get drunk, and he'd play John Prine songs and, yeah. and Bob Dylan songs. And I just thought it seemed cool and it seemed like a fun thing to do. So I just went out, bought a pawn shop guitar, and he showed me a couple chords, and then I was off to writing. I just started writing for no, with no agenda, you know, just, to, just what I did. I didn't even really learn other people's songs. Yeah, how, how did, um, what were those early songs like? <laughs> Pretty classic. Yeah. I mean, they were a little more fueled with angst and, you know, and, and, and vague, you know, and, and uh, I hadn't found my voice really at all, right. it's, it, either uh, as a writer or as a, I mean, as 19, 20. Vo- or vocally either. Yeah. But there, there's definitely some shit in there that kind of, you could tell that, um, you know, there was, there was still some substance and there was still, I was still, approaching dark themes you know even in those really early days yeah <clears throat> what were you listening to at the point when you started playing your own songs um i started um you know i i, I kind of went 
through different stages of listening, you know. I mean, I grew up on country music, which was not cool at all in Southern California. And then when I got to high school, I kind of got introduced through friends and other people, um, you know, really introduced to the punk scene. Yeah. Kind of. So I started, you know, I was really into kind of more, the more, I mean, for a while I was kind of into anything, but which was kind of just a... Uh, maybe my my teen angst getting ahead of myself but uh you know but i then i you know kind of uh settled on the the more melodic stuff like you know bad religion or circle jerks or you know stuff with content which i think actually has a a, a strange um a correlation between country music it does. there is both beat wise and kind of that musicality kind of but also um, you know, there's great songwriters, and there's also great songwriters in punk music, like you know Greg Graffin and Mr. Brett from Bad Religion, or Keith Morris from Circle Jerks, or you know a number of fucking Fugazi, Ian MacKay, or um, you know I love all that old punk. Even you know even like Descendants, like you know it's a little lighter, funner, but um, you know I'm a fan of them too. That's that's more my wheelhouse. It's yeah. more of the Descendants stuff. Like that's yeah. the thing that like I, Bad Religion was the band that like grabbed me. But the Descendants were the band that kept me. Yeah. But but then again, I was a nerdy kid reading comic books and in <laughs> love with a girl from far away who didn't know my name, and so like that that of course resonated well. Um, <laughs> right. So so how does it how was it going from being like a punk rock kid to playing more acoustic stuff? Was that was that what you jumped into? Or were you in other? Well, bands? no, I just got an acoustic guitar. No, and I yeah. we I played I played guitar for six months in a friend's. Uh, was hanging out in my friend's apartment or something and a couple guys from a couple places down heard me singing I guess and singing some of my songs and then came over and one was a bass player and one was a, nice. was a drummer <laughs> and he started this you know shitty little band but uh, it didn't really go anywhere but um, that was at least my introduction my first time that I ever played live and stuff it was about 20 years old what kind of stuff was that then? It, it was the same yeah I mean I but seriously between the time I got a guitar yeah. like I, yeah we started I started playing and I mean I still only knew th- four chords you know or these very <laughs> primitive even my I mean you know I, I'm, I'm sure rhythmically and stuff I have a pretty good right hand but still still pretty primitive style of guitar playing even today yeah I was yeah. gonna ask do you know more chords than that now but I do but it, it, even now today like you know I'll learn a new chord or somebody will show me something new and it'll open a whole new world yeah. for me you know um so at one point did you and forgive my ignorance but what point did the white buffalo start to come into play from all this I took on that name like after um after I graduated from college and I was I, I didn't decide to kind of go to the baseball route um you know did, to, did you have the option was I had that, a couple offers to play some like independent league minor league stuff yeah. um uh there was a couple options yeah. you know I had some options but um I didn't really. I decided I kind of wanted to play music, and um, you know, didn't really have the means or the know-how to do it, really, for a long time. It, it's interesting though, because the baseball, especially the minor league baseball lifestyle, of just touring, 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 like you jump from team to team to team. From what I understand, mm-hmm. is very similar to the musician thing. Were you attracted to the road at all from an early age? Uh, no, no. You know, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't even know if I'm attracted to it now. You know, I mean, I, I, I mean, now I'm a family man, so it's hard yeah. to leave. You know, um, <clears throat> you know, that's the most important thing to me. So it's hard to be away from that. I do love seeing the country. I love playing in a different city, and and there's cool things that you can find everywhere, and good people you can find anywhere. You know. Yeah. 
Where's your favorite place to play? Do you have one? <clears throat> to play? I mean, I'm more like cities, you know? I like yeah. places, you know, Portland. I love Portland, Boston. I love Denver. It's great. Yeah. I love Denver. Boston. I just, it jumps out in my head that you played Carbondale, Colorado a handful of times. I know a lot of bands. Maybe you haven't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I have. Carbondale? Car- Carbondale's like a smaller town that gets a little, it gets some of the, like, a uh, niche Americana acts. Like we play played there. I think they do a South festival. Park one time. Maybe. I don't know. Someplace high up, maybe Alma. Yeah, I don't know. So, so you decided that baseball wasn't going to doing it for you anymore. Uh, What attracted you to trying to play music full time? Do you have a job when you get home, like a real job, other than being a family man, or is it just playing music? Yeah, yeah, I've had a job for years and years. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I after college, I moved to San Francisco and kind of didn't, wasn't really, you know, I'd write, I was writing, I was writing songs in my living room, would play out a couple times a year, you know, nothing to speak of. And it wasn't until I moved down to Los Angeles, kind of where I really started kind of taking it seriously, but still it was kind of a mess, you know? I mean, I, I wasn't, you know, I played at the sushi bar every week, you know, on a Wednesday. Which sushi bar? Some, this place in uh, Seal Beach called Mahe. Oh, okay. All right. I had buddies in a punk rock band that used to book a sushi bar in uh, Silver Lake, so it, was, it would have been a small world if that. No, it was. It was. It wasn't nearly as, as hip as a Silver <laughs> Lake sushi bar. At what At what point did you realize that you were gaining traction? Um, that was kind of my my um, motivation for moving down to Southern California. Is I was up in San Francisco at that time in San Francisco. It seemed like everything had gone. A lot of the smaller venues and a lot of the live music venues had gone to um, DJs, and that whole club scene was kind of taking over yeah. in San Francisco. And I actually got a, a song in a surf movie. Um, some guy called me out of the blue. I, I used to send tapes, cassette tapes, to friends and family and shit for Christmas or birthdays yeah. or stuff like that. And one of my friends was a rep. For the surf industry, had you know represented a couple companies and uh, it started circulating in the surf industry. And somebody got a hold of it that was going to make a movie. This guy Chris Malloy and um, great surfer and made kind of this artistic uh, movie, used one of my songs in it. And then they asked me to come down to play for the opening. And I saw that there was actually people that knew, were aware of me and knew something. I was like, you know, fuck it, I gotta, you know, if I'm gonna do it, I'm, I gotta do it instead of just sitting in my living room playing to nobody. You know? Yeah. And that's when the touring and the no, no, I still no. Then no. I wasn't. I still didn't tour. I just kind of played, and then I kind of was just bouncing around. I was sleeping on couches for, for <laughs> a year, you know, years probably, almost, and not really doing anything. I mean, there was no management, press, press package, you know, CDs yeah, right. or anything, you know. And um, it wasn't until I came down to to really to came down to Southern California, made our first album, and. Um, but we really haven't been touring hard. I mean, I, what I've done is I've tried to build a lot of markets initially by myself as a solo acoustic artist. Um, and I still do some touring doing. I still do that, you know. Um, and um, it's, it's the cheapest way to do it, you know. It is. And if you can pull it off, and I think it's a different kind of animal. I mean, it's a different, uh, there's a different connection with the audience. It's about the songs, mm-hmm. you know, and about, you know, I, I don't, I mean, once you strip shit down, to a, a guitar there's no you can't really fake it yeah. if you're gonna you know play for an hour and a half and and um have take people on some kind of emotional journey you know 
What kind of emotional journey do you go through playing these songs out and about? Like the stuff that you write at home, you're here in Colorado, you're playing these songs in front of an audience. Yeah, some I mean, know you, some you don't. I mean, for me, I think, um, you know, whenever I feel like I'm not, I don't know, I mean, I, I give it everything I have every single night. And so yeah. I, I, when I, I, I have to connect with the songs, I basically just feel what they're about and feel... Um, you know, some of them are complete character songs that are fantasy songs about people murdering other people or, you know, crazy, you know, there's all, I mean, it's a, it's a wide array of things I write about. It's not, it's not a one dimensional type of topic. So, um, it's just about connecting to the songs, connecting to the lyrics, um, every night and and feeling that I think that's a huge part of performance is not, and and I mean I, I don't know I think I write pretty honest music and honest right, yeah. songs and and so it's, maybe it's easier for me to connect to it because it's not this you know whatever bullshit or yeah right um, you give it all every night I, I apologize I've yet to see you play like this is I like to do interviews after I've seen somebody but yeah. you know this works out because mm-hmm. now now you get to build my expectation I don't know but but no um, how do you get up there each and every night and give it all. How, how do you recharge those batteries in the what twelve twenty hours you have between shows? I mean, that's just what you, that's just what I don't know. That's just what we do. I don't know yeah. how people don't do that. Yeah, you know, I think it's shameful that for people, you know, not shameful, but you know, to each his own. But at the same time, it's like people are paying money to come see you play. Mm-hmm. Give it everything. What do you, you know, if you're not sweating and you know on the verge of a heart attack, what's, what's right. the point? You know. Yeah. You know, and, and for us, it's like a lot of the recorded material is, I don't know, we can't, we haven't totally been able to capture the full, that live sound and the, the aggressiveness kind of, of what the live show is. And I think people appreciate that. Yeah. Um, one thing, one thing I've, I've noticed about you is you, you've never had like a giant label behind you. I never had any label up yeah, until right. like two years ago, maybe. Yeah. We put, I put the last two albums out on a label. An EP and two albums, actually. And, um, yeah, no, I mean, just built it on my own. I mean, that's, but I think there's something. Um, well, right. So, as far as, fa- you know, there's no, there's no, there's never been anything contrived or any bullshit or any machine yeah. behind anything that we've ever done. And even the label that I'm on now lets me do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. It, it, it feels very DIY. Even it still is. And here I still am driving the van. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? It, and what I like is I looked at your Facebook page. You have like 59,000 people following you with ever, without ever having any like big push behind you. I think you have more than Chuck. Yeah, maybe. I, I, think, I think you really do. And uh, it's like how much sweeter is it that you've achieved all of this on your own? I think it's great. I mean, I, I think one thing is, is we have lifelong fans. Uh-huh. Nobody found out about it because of a, you know, I mean, we've been lucky enough to have some, I've had a bunch of uh, placements on TV and, and, oh, and yeah. stuff like that, which helps and, and, and uh, you know, increases the, the base and the your number of people that come out, um, you know, incrementally. But, but you know, you building it on your own and basically it's this guy telling this guy and with the internet of course that's a lot of broader spectrum but it's it's um that's how you know and I, we have lifelong fans I think we're gonna have people because it's not they found out because they found you know because they found out yeah you know 
Is it exhausting for you to have been so hands-on in DIY this whole time? Or no, I still am. Yeah, yeah. It's Could all you I ever know. give that up? I try. I mean, it's weird. <laughs> I try to, uh, you know, whenever I relinquish a little thing, about, you know, it takes a while, and then I'll be like, wow, actually, people, you know, you get competent people, and they totally <laughs> can do it much better than You're I can. Right. Yeah. Um, so, what, what is it like to turn on the TV and watch something like Sons of Anarchy? And have your song play back to you, and know that there, what I don't know, I don't know millions of people. I guess there are millions of people watching something. Yeah, five. They have like it's like five or six million. Yeah, like your shit. Yeah, that's got to be pretty fucking incredible. Yeah, it's cool. Is I it, mean, I, it I, just, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't, it doesn't affect me that much. I, I, I think know. it's cool that I, what it does to get more people out to the shows or introduce more people to my music yeah. that would have never heard it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it's really cool how they use music in that show, which I think is almost different than almost any other show on television, is that it's very part of the story, and it's and they don't bury it. You know, a lot of the time it's up front, and it's yeah. really a big part of the show, and a part of the um, the vibe and the, the sound is that kind of soundtrack to that show. How do you get... Um how do these guys find you? Is it the same way? Like somebody passes a no, like that was at that somebody point, wants to take. I, so I'd done some, you know, I'd been playing for a while. I'd done a little bit of touring, done some touring, and, and I um, had a lawyer. That's all I had at that point. I had a lawyer, and he vaguely knew the music supervisor or something, and called him. Nice. I could kind of cold call him and said, "Hey, can I take you out to lunch?" And just said, "Listen, like, I think you're missing out on. You got to check this guy out. There's a lot of, I mean, for for there's a lot of like." In my music, there's a lot of conflict, and there's a lot of the ideas of good and evil, and the ideas of the the wrong thing to do and the right thing to do, and maybe knowing it's bad but still doing it, right. or you know, I mean, there's so many different elements, but there's a lot of stuff that's conflicted without that are open ended though at the same yeah. time that are not. It's not necessarily I'm not giving anybody the answer. I'm just bringing up some of the darker mm-hmm. questions, maybe. Yeah, and they like that, and they added that to the show. Yeah, I think yeah. about eight songs so far on there. Right, yeah. nice. My buddy John Moreland's been on there. I think it's Sons of Anarchy he's been on, or Justified, or both. And yeah. he's in the same wheelhouse of you. I don't know if you're familiar with him or not, but he's he's an amazing songwriter as well, um, in the same same scale as you. What I like, though, is you talk about like a lot of your stuff is about good and evil. You didn't come from a religious background. Yeah. Where did you find the struggles of good and I evil? I just love I'm, I'm, I'm just fascinated by the whole idea it's, of good and evil. I mean, it's, it's not... Um, you know, a lot of it just comes from a place. I mean, I think a lot of people, you know, and, and I don't even know, you know. I mean, yeah. even though I'm, I, you know, I'm not going to preach any other, right. any way or tell anybody that they're wrong or anything, but I, I think that just the idea of good and evil, there is good and evil, even if you don't right. believe in Jesus or you don't, if you're not a Christian or anything, you're, you're, there's good and evil. There's good choices, bad choices, and there's things that force the hand of darkness. Yeah. You know, and, and on the other side, and whether that's a religious thing, whether that's a unconscious, conscious thing, it's, you know, I don't I don't know if religious has anything to do with it, but I love playing with the ideas of right. God and the devil and, and all that shit. I think it's fascinating. Are you, uh, I can imagine you are a big reader as well, right? I, I, I used to read a lot more. I was just talking to the band about that, that I don't, I don't, since I had a kid, I don't read that much yeah. anymore, you know? And I want to get, you know, on the road I do sometimes, and I do, you know, I, we were just talking, I was like, you know, talking about songs and, and uh, you know, trying to figure out a good book to get, you know. Nice, nice. Well, um, what were you reading? 
like wh- what what kind of books do you like to read? Is it does it deal with like so? so for um, like me, the last one, the la- I just read um, Blood Meridian by Carmack oh, McCarthy. So. I have it. I it. I have it sitting on my desk or not desk bookshelf, and it's intimidating, but I haven't picked it up yet. It's gnarly. I just I just read uh, Old Country for No Men a few uh, months ago, and yeah. Blood Meridian is super gnarly. It's, it's even better. It's well, it's just it's yeah, just gnarly, bloody yeah. and it's just the whole thing's pretty. One one of the things for me is not coming from a religious background. I found comic books kind of satisfied that kind of like I I think it's in each of us that we have this like internal like I don't I don't know I don't I can't even explain it but it's like we're attracted to I'm attracted to the battle of good and evil and as I think maybe you are too and for me it came through comic books and then eventually novels and whatnot so I was just curious what what you like to read and Blood Meridian what else. Um, I mean, when I was younger, it was all, you know, I loved Charles Bukowski oh, yeah. and, and uh, Hunter S. Thompson and kind of the more kind of counterculture um, place. I love one of one of the Cuckoo's Nest, one of my favorite books. Yeah. Um, Haven't read that. I love the movie, though. Yeah, but I mean, I read I mean, all kinds of stuff. I went to college, so I had to read a bunch yeah. of stuff. But I, for leisure, I would always kind of have more of the countercultural stuff. And I, um, you know, into yeah. God, into grass. And, yeah. How old is your child? You have a kid. So I have a six-year-old and an eighteen-year-old. Eighteen-year-old? Wow. wow. And he, he sits in with us sometimes. Eighteen-year-old. Nice, he, nice, he, nice. He rips. How does how does having a child? I mean, like I, the question I had in my head was how does having a child affect what you're writing? Because most of my musician friends are just having uh, kids now, but you've got it on both ends of the spectrum. Yeah, I mean, I think your life uh, inevitably is going to end up in your art. You know, and there's some songs that I have that, um, yeah, that talk about, you know, you know, some songs, some songs are are closer, much closer to autobiographical than others, you know, and even those, a lot of those are kind of twisted versions of the truth. Right. Um, But yeah, no, definitely that's, it's affected my songwriting just, I mean, I don't know, I just think if you don't, if you haven't had kids, you haven't really... You know, that's like the, 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 what the whole point is kind of for me. Not the whole point, but, uh, you know, it seems like it's a whole different kind of life and love that you, if you don't have kids, you don't, you can't understand. Yeah. Dogs are cool and all, but. <laughs> with the, with the newest album, I, I, I apologize, I don't have the name of it written it's down. called Shadows, Grays, and Evil Ways. I knew Shadows. Like, I have, sh- yeah. but the newest album. Shadows, and I forgot to write the rest. Um, wasn't a concept album, but it kind of became one in the end, right? Although it was, I mean, it, it, I, I don't know if it's a concept album, but it was a, it's a narrative. It's a story of uh, main characters, this guy Joey White. Um, um, initially, I was, didn't go in to record my next record as, an, as, a, as a concept record or as a narrative. I, I went in, just had a bunch of song ideas, found, and started list, thinking about those songs. And I always want to write more of a narrative. And then I discovered that if I just arranged these songs in different mm-hmm. ways, change the characters, change the um, um, filled in the gaps. To, I mean, uh, you know, they were just bones of songs. They weren't full songs. But it kind of gave me this, an outline of a story that I could use. And, um, yeah, I went from there. So it's a very linear story. I mean, at the end, it gets kind of reflective, and he's kind of reflecting on his life. 
So the story's kind of, there's some past and present at the, at the end, you know, as reflecting on whether he can get into, you know, whether there's a God, whether he belongs, if it does, because he's done about a bunch of some horrible shit. But, um, but at the same time, he has love and he has a family. So. That goes right back to, like, you're somebody who doesn't, who didn't have religion growing up, but you're exploring these themes. I mean, I think everybody, I think it's inevitable. Yeah, yeah. Even when I love you that. A, but that's, I love hearing that. Yeah. I mean, um, everybody, it's a, yeah. it's a philosophical mystery or a I human mean, mystery. That, been, uh, you're right. They've yeah. been writing books about it for what? Yeah, but there's a lot of, in, in this album, there's a lot of those kind of deeper questions, um, as well as some dark, I mean, essentially he falls in love with this woman and as soon finds out that he can't really support her can't support this new family that he has and goes off so he joins the military and goes off to war and kind of comes back changed and and lost and then he murders again on on um, American soil and then it's kind of this long road of redemption and then ultimately it's this, it's a love story and it's kind of the power of love and the power of his woman that makes him feeling uh, feel halfway normal again, or feel like he's a human being, or you know, and then he realizes that that's that's what matters, you know. And so it kind of then it's just you know, then it goes on and on. It's pretty heavy, yeah, but there's there's some light there's some light moments, but there's some heavy yeah. moments. But there it, it doesn't feel, you know, right? Because because I've listened to it like uh, four or five times in the last week, getting ready for this. I obviously not enough to have picked up on any of that, sure. but. But holy shit, that's fucking deep. Where does that come from from you? Is it just natural? Just a natural exploration within you? Um, I, I, w- I was fascinated with... Um, I was fascinated with... Uh, you know, the idea of... The, 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 you know, kids going into the military and the effect right. that it has on them and their families. And, and, um, but I wanted to make it this grander kind of American story. Yeah, know? it sounds... God damn, I'm going to go home and listen to that in a whole new light now. Um, when you write the songs, I imagine it's just you and a guitar mm-hmm. by yourself. What's it like when you bring it to life with the other two gentlemen that are with you? Uh, yeah, it's cool. Or I mean, with this last album, it was, it was different. It was, um, you know, I had these kind of bones of songs and this kind of rough outline of this idea. And it was in, wasn't until that I really got the arrangements locked in with the help of the producer and myself kind of talking about stuff. Um, is to really lock in like how to get this character from this point to this point to this point to this point, you know? Um, so it was a different process in that respect. Um, I forget what your question was. It's okay, keep talking. Yeah. But uh, but no, it has to do with like what's it like when you add the other the other uh, characters? Oh, the instrumentation, the, other, the, the band guys. Yeah, it's Does great. That change it? Does it change the uh, original meaning at all? No. 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 I mean, I don't think the. I mean, I think the lyrical content and and the vibe is is there, and I think the um, yeah, it doesn't change the meaning. It might change the feel of it no. some of the time, or how things feel. But um, do you have any desire to write anything else other than songs? Do you write novels or anything in your spare time? I don't think I could. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't say never, but um, it songs is kind of what I do. I feel like every little song is kind of like a little mini movie or a little yeah. you know a small little little adventure that I want to take somebody on or some kind of emotional experience or anything, you know? And, um, I don't know if I, I don't know how to do that. Yeah, <laughs> no? right, yeah. Other, uh, you know, in a, in a, in a, any other kind of format. So, um, yeah, it's, you're blowing my mind left and right. Um, and plus the beers. 
Um, so th there are going to be a lot of people coming out of, on this tour who aren't familiar with you. Like, I'm a punk rock kid who got into Chuck Reagan and, got, and then as a result got into All Country and then found you because of booking bands like Chuck Reagan. Um, how is it to win over an audience that aren't familiar with you? Um, we, well, I, I, mean, I think a lot of these people are familiar with us. On yeah. this tour, at yeah. least. It's been... Um, yeah, we've, it's been it's been good, but I've in the past I've opened up for people who nobody had any clue who yeah. I was. Yeah, because you're the co-headliner, and it's yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, I mean, here no... here we're co-headlining, so yeah, it's a different but... thing. So I'm a lot of my fans are here. You yeah. know, a lot of these markets that we already have or we have a built-in you know fan base yeah. that'll come out. And, and but in the past, yeah, it's amazing. I would I would actually almost I would go I would always almost lose crowds intentionally. <laughs> In order to win them back, to win them back, yeah. yeah. The people were like, "Oh, what's going on?" You know, I remember people when I was just starting out thinking, you know, that I was the, I was a roadie or something. I would come up and I would, you know, I might tall boys or whatever, put them on the stage and put the guitar up there, and then I would put it on, and then people would be like, "Oh, look at this guy!" And then just try to bring it. You know? Yeah, it's cool. Well, um, what's next for the White Buffalo? We'll, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Yes. Yeah. No, we're just touring. I mean, we're finishing this tour. This is one of the longer tours we've done. I, I always try yeah. to keep them short to, to to be close to my family and not be gone for too long to see my kids grow up. So, um, but yeah, we're doing this, and then I'll, I'm writing all the time, and and we'll put out a new album and hopefully start recording by the end of the year. I don't I don't know that for sure, but that's hopefully the plan. Yeah, right on. Yeah. And uh, this tour is what another month and a half. So uh, it's, a little, it's a little bit. Yeah, we're, I'm jumping off for a little bit and going home okay. to visit the family for a little bit, and then I'm Storm coming back on. Yeah. yeah. What's well, it, it, oh, one thing I was going to say is it's very impressive that you're a co-headliner without ever having like a giant record label behind you. You've done this all on yourself for yeah. the most part. Like, yeah. like I, people are super passionate about what we do. I mean, I yeah. think they can tell that there's no bullshit. It's it's honest music that we play and perform yeah. with, and, it, and that's. But I think Chuck has a similar ethos of that yeah. that he. Try to write good songs, comes out and, and plays them with everything he's got, and and people feel that. Yeah. Well, I apologize again for lowballing that uh, that show. Uh, your booking agent sent my way like That's right. four or five years ago because right. I would have loved to. Out. I know, I know, I did, and I know <laughs> that even more now just over. talking with you because like, goddamn, like we we could have had all these deep, dark, intellectual conversations years ago, and it probably yeah. So it's all right. Well, it's a pleasure. We did it now. Win some, you lose some. Like. Uh, yeah, you're a no, pro. We're good. Cool. All right, Jake. Well, Thank uh, thanks, man. Well, I look forward to seeing you on stage. Thanks for talking to me. <laughs> All right, buddies. Jake Smith. Thank you so much, my friend, for hanging out and chatting with me. Thanks for finding my keys that I left down in there in the green room as well. And, uh, you know, Jake, if you, I think you have a serious shot at doing a um, voiceover career because, man, you just got one hell of a voice. I could listen to you read anything, uh, medical documents or stereo installation equipment or, you know, hell, you know what? I know you're not a religious man, but, and I bet you could do one hell of a reading of the Bible and I might actually, uh, jump in and listen to that. So, uh, anyways, thanks again for hanging out and talking to me. Thanks for, uh, letting me feel welcome and, uh, not, you know, just being an all around great dude. Your show that night at the Gothic theater here in Denver was incredible. I was really blown away. I really hope, though, that someday I get to see uh, Jake and the White Buffalo as just a uh, singer-songwriter, one dude on the stage, steal a silent audience. 
can imagine that'd be pretty incredible. Uh, don't forget to check out his newest record. It's out now. It's called Shadows, Grays, and Evil Ways. And again, he's on tour only until April 24th with Chuck Reagan. He's going to head home for a short, uh, short while before rejoining the tour in Texas for the last four, four or five shows in Texas and Arizona and California. So please make it, make it out to see, uh, see Jake. Wonderful dude. Great show. Great songs. Check out the record. Thanks to DeathWishCoffee.com for uh, sponsoring the show. Please visit DeathWishCoffee.com. You'll get as jittery and rambly as me. And uh, also, they help me see through time and space. I can see the future, my friends, only for like a couple seconds. But anyway, and uh, thanks to you guys. Please visit MostlyHarmlessPodcast.com. we got some beer koozies we're going to be throwing up there in the next week. Uh, hopefully, these beer koozies can help me raise money to get some more T-shirts going. And uh, like us on Facebook. Subscribe on iTunes. We're on Stitcher as well. We're going to go ahead and end this episode with another track off Shadows, Grays, and Evil Ways, the new album out now from uh, The White Buffalo. Um, this song is going to be called Joey White. There's a really killer uh, animated video that goes along with this song that I implore you to check out. Again, thank you, Jake, for hanging out. Thank you for chatting with me. Thanks to Ray Roland from uh, Ray B's PR group for setting this interview up. And thanks to you for listening. So, again, this is Joey White off the album Shadows, Grays, and Evil Ways. We'll see you in the funny pages, guys. Take care. Joey White, well he ain't got no choices Just like his daddy did, he joins the armed forces Gonna be a man, ooh not a zero For Uncle Sam, well he'll be a hero He don't know that Uncle Sam is a cartoon and not a man for Joey White Oh Joey White, you better bite your tongue Jack boy, you're young, dumb, and full of cum Better step in line, ooh, with the others Gonna fight for freedom, son, your country and your brothers Here's your boots and here's a gun Learn when to fight, learn when to run For Joey White Well, he got two years in the sand And it will surely change his plans for life Joey White it's his orders Grab your things and we'll meet you at the border Kill them all, no quarter given Shoot on side boy, let God sold out the living Do the new ones keeping score This ain't no game, but this is war for Joey West Yeah, from the low and from the sky Drops and bullets fly Oh, scream of battle cry Bodies burning, brothers die for Joey West This grave disaster Well in a flash Blood soaks his shirt Drops to his knees Now he's face down in the dirt Now he's on the freedom bird Gets to be 